Hello, queers. You're listening to Movies a la Queer. This is Sarita Ramirez, and happy fucking new year. Can you believe it? <laughs> is it just me, or did 2021 happen like a bolt of lightning? Looking back at it now, I'm, I don't even know what happened. I mean, a lot of things happened. I finished my undergrad, I changed careers, ended relationships, started new relationships, came back to Chicago, and just recently got a cat. So yeah, I guess I know what did happen last year. (laughs) But enough about my shit. Let's get into the reason why you're here. On this episode, we're going to talk about a film that really knocked me by surprise on how good it was. There's suspense, queer romance, competitive tension, women's sports team rivalries, water, splashing, rowing. (laughs) It's got it all and definitely left me at the edge of my seat. On this episode, the film we're analyzing is 2021's The Novice. Novice is a 2021 American drama thriller written and directed by Lauren Hadaway, starring Isabel Furman, Amy Forsyth, and Delone. The IMDb synopsis, a college freshman joins her university's rowing team and undertakes an obsessive physical and psychological journey to make it to the top varsity boat, no matter the cost. Here's the trailer. I presume you guys are all here for the Wellington Novice Rowing Program. Traditionally very hard to move up to varsity, but in the meantime, I think we should learn how to row. Legs first. Body, legs, body, arms, arm, body, legs. Yesterday, I just woke up and I had this epiphany. What are you looking at? See what time I have to get to make varsity. 759 seems doable. I mean, starting varsity in two sports in high school. You're like the best novice out of all of us. Yeah, I mean, like, you're like the best novice. I mean, you're like the best novice out of all of us. The best novice. You're natural, you're natural, you're natural. You have the best chance. shouldn't be stressed about school. You're the smartest in our high school. I'm not stressed about school, and I work the hardest. There's a difference. Relax. I'm relaxed. Some of us have lives. Your mistake is that you always stick to what you're good at. You have the best time. It still wasn't enough. Relax. You're like the best novice. You gotta let it go. It was my fault we lost. Give yourself a break. Relax. 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 Watching 
First off, this film made me want to go into rowing. It seemed fun, to be quite honest. Except for the rivalry and the toxic teammate environment, I did not miss that. But the music effects were fantastic. The music was so on point and I cannot commend it enough. I was really intrigued by this film. Now, before I start the very thorough recap, I wanted to put out a disclaimer and a trigger warning that this film does touch upon some sensitive topics of self-mutilation and showing symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety disorders. If you yourself or anyone you know struggles with these issues, please refer them to mentalhealth.gov for various resources on how they can get that help. So for this film, I will be giving you a thorough recap. There will be some deep spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen The Novice, I do advise you to pause this episode, go watch it, and then come back. But if you're like me, who gets excited at spoilers, then listen on. I will never judge. So the film opens up with an introduction to Alex Dahl. Now, Alex is a college freshman at what is perceived to be an expensive university. She's very particular about taking tests. I mean, she does it, finishes it, then redoes it, then redoes it again. I mean, even her TA, Danny, points out that she was the first to finish her test, but somehow ends up being the last one. But Alex ignores this and just leaves the classroom, heading straight down to that novice rowing info session that we kind of seen plastered on the walls. It's suggested that all the people there don't really know how to row or have little experience in the sport, Alex being one of them. While everyone is chatting and getting to know each other, Alex takes note of the team's mascot, which looks like to be a raven or perhaps a crow painted on the wall. She looks around the dingy practice space, a line of row machines neatly aligned against the wall. And we hear echoes of people laughing and conversation, but Alex is not really partaking in this. She is more so surveying the room as though she's uh, studying it. Now, Alex has never rowed before and it really does show, but so have it most of the people on the novice team. As Coach Pete introduces them to the boathouse or when Alex is strolling with her roommate and childhood friend Winona, she's still playing back Coach Pete's advice on how to row. Legs, body, arms, arms, body, legs, over and over in her mind. We start to get the sense that perhaps Alex is already somewhat obsessed with the idea of getting good at rowing, or perhaps trying to become the best at it. And throughout the film, we learn about Alex as being someone who really does go after what she wants. And perhaps these things are also things that she's not really good at. Firstly, she has this bucket list of items to do, one of them to go to a random frat party and hook up with a random guy. She does that. We know this because she laughs about it later with her friend Winona. Secondly, she's a physics major, and we also learned that that is her worst subject. (laughs) She has a really difficult time with physics, which I, I don't understand. First of all, if you're bad at something, why would you make it your major? Why would you make it your career? That's like setting yourself up to have a tough time and stress about getting good grades on it. But no, for Alex, she thrives off of doing well in school. Uh, bringing up how important it is for her to get that 4.0 GPA. And listen, I can relate. I finished my school with a 4.0 as well. But 
For Alex to be good at something that she wasn't good at before is a thrill for her. And I think growing in this situation can be just another thing that she can be good at. Now with her in the novice rowing group is a girl named Jamie Brill. And Jamie joined the novice team also with little experience in rowing, but more so with a mission. She's joining because she really wants to get a hold of some full ride scholarships for this university. And in the beginning, we see that Alex does take a note of Jamie. She eyes her up and down. In the first info session, she sees that Jamie's wearing these pigtail braids and um, and then copies it the next time that they're in practice together. Could, could that be a coincidence? I mean, sure, maybe. Or perhaps it's a hint that Alex is somewhat attracted to Jamie or perhaps sees her as a bit of a target to compete against. Who knows? But either way, we do see that Alex does see Jamie as a competition, especially when she hears that Jamie is gloating about getting that limited varsity spot on the rowing team at their college. Another girl in the team with them says that, yeah, well, Jamie, you are the best novice rower, so of course you're going to make it to varsity. And for Alex, (laughs) that's enough to send her into this deep dive on trying to become that best novice rower herself. When Jamie gets compliments from Coach Pete, Alex tries to copy her rhythm, her style. Coach Pete even tells Jamie after practice that he finds her to be a natural, a natural athlete and really doing well as a rower. And Alex is just like, fuck man, I gotta do better. <laughs> and you can see that in, in her effort thereafter. But No, Jamie is very different from Alex. Jamie is more laid back and don't get me wrong, she is also very competitive, but she does want to make it to varsity to get that full ride scholarship. And we know this, that that is her her mission and her objective, but we don't really know why Alex, what her motives are on being the best rower, except that she just wants to be good at it and probably better at it than Jamie. So when Coach Pete invites Alex to join the varsity team practices, she soon finds out that Jamie was asked not only also, but she was asked before Alex and that crushes her. I mean, the girl can't handle it. (laughs) Again, we don't really understand why Alex is so obsessed with wanting to be in first place at this point in the story yet, but we can see that it really bothers her to not be considered first or to not have that first place position. When they start practicing with the varsity team, Alex and Jamie kind of experience a bit of hazing from the varsity players. And Alex kind of lays down and submits to it, but not Jamie. Jamie bites back. She's like, fuck that. I'm not putting up with any of that shit. And again, it's something that does put them in a different light against one another. Alex is willing to go and do anything, even if it's submit to the varsity people to get that first place. Whereas Jamie is somewhat going to fight back and not stick to the status quo. At a sailing race, Alex has a bit of an incident and pretty much, uh, well, she gets hurt. and the team lose the race. Now, Coach Pete, sweet coach, he tries to reassure her and tells her that, look, the team didn't lose because of you, because you had a bit of a slip up. It was because of the technique of the boat. It wasn't your fault. Don't worry about it. And Alex, you know, she um, she's a bit upset. She's really disappointed in herself and, and she excuses herself from the group. And this is the first time that we see Alex pretty much have a huge meltdown in a porta potty. She is angry. She's starts slamming her head against the porta potty door, we start to see that maybe not all is 100% okay with Alex. 
at least her psyche at this moment. And after that incident, everyone goes back to practice and Alex pushes herself even more. In school, she continues to take these two hour and 40 minute tests despite finishing them early like before, but going over them with the answers repeatedly over and over again. Back in practice, she's pushing herself to the point that she ends up like accidentally peeing on herself on practice. And the thing is that the other teammates take notice and even the coach asks her to listen, Alex, just take it easy relax a bit. During a private practice with herself, Alex notices that she is not really doing well to her standards. She's not really keeping up with the times and and her strength and her speed. And we see that she starts punching her leg pretty severely. And uh, again, giving us that notice that Alex is is not shy from hurting herself when she doesn't meet her own standards. While everyone else is going home for the winter holidays, Alex decides to stay on campus to squeeze in some extra training sessions. In the halls, she runs into her former TA, Danny, who chastised her in the beginning of the film about studying too intensely or taking too long with the tests. Now, this same TA also asks her out on a date, to which the two end up hooking up later afterwards. A little, a little queer romance. <laughs> Back in the rowing world, Alex starts taking out a single boat onto the water by herself, and she has no idea what she's doing. But of course, she pushes herself to learn and starts doing really well, and even catches the attention of the main varsity coach, Coach Edwards. And all seems to be going well for Alex. She's making it to class on time, she's catching the attention from that main coach, and she even starts dating Danny, that sexy TA from before. But... It's not long before things are building up for Alex in a really unhealthy way. There's a wound that's festering in her hand from the continuous rowing and pushing herself. And instead of going to the doctor, of course, she tries to remedy herself in her dorm room. Her grades are starting to slip in school because of all the time that she's dedicating to rowing and not to her studies. And things are really beginning to take a toll on her body. The heat builds between herself and Jamie, who on the outside look like friends, but they are both very competitive and are competing for this spot on the varsity team. And Jamie also does look at Alex like competition. Now, Jamie needs it for scholarship reasons. And she believes that Alex does too by the look of how hard Alex has been training and pushing herself to be better in the sport. But little does Jamie and the rest of the team know that Alex already has a presidential scholarship that gives her a full ride to the university. So she doesn't really have the need for that varsity spot. So after a varsity teammate is dropped from the team due to an injury, Jamie and Alex battle head to head on these uh, so-called seat races to compete for that varsity position. But Alex notices that Jamie has become quite chummy with those other varsity teammates. Like she's chummy with the captain. She's chummy with like the captain's lackeys on the team. And she believes that they're going to rig the race in Jamie's favor, causing her to lose the spot on the team and Sadly, she does end up losing, and Alex is pissed, and we see that it really does take an even greater toll on her psyche. Her friendship with Jamie completely disintegrates because she believes that Jamie plotted with the other teammates to rig the race, but Jamie also finds out that Alex didn't really need the scholarship eventually, so she says, listen, you're a fucking hypocrite. You, you're a psychopath. She calls her all of these really triggering and offensive names. We also see that the relationship between Alex and Dan Danny also begins to deteriorate when Danny notices the change in Alex's behavior and how she's been 
seriously hurting herself. Alex reveals to Danny that, yeah, she pushes herself to be the best because she needs to be, and no one will understand why, but instead everyone just tells her to relax, like that's gonna solve anything. Now, Alex says, I push myself to not just be better, but to be the absolute best, and even if it kills her. Alex also reveals to Danny that while she was in high school during her senior year, she was institutionalized. We can assume that this was due to this obsession with being that best student in the class and also that self-mutilation that, was, that we saw earlier in the film. In the film's climax, the rowing team will finish the year with these round-the-lake races, what I guess is supposed to be this fun activity that's happening at 4 a.m. I mean, most of the people on the team don't want to do this, but Alex is realizing that there's a record, that she now has an opportunity to beat this record and to really prove to the team and herself that, no, I am the best fucking rower here. I'm better than every motherfucker in this team. <laughs> The problem is that there is some really dangerous weather and it's raining and it's about to be lightning and people are annoyed, but Alex is really determined. And again, this is just so on brand for her character. She is someone who is determined to just go against anything that is safe at this point. Now the rest of the team begins to bow out of the race, letting everyone know, hey, there's lightning. and. If there's lightning, your ass should not be on the water. But Alex and Jamie are pretty much still on the water fighting it out. And then Jamie bows out eventually saying, no, there is lightning. We're gonna go back to the dock. Like this isn't safe. But Alex is like, no, I'm gonna finish this race. Fuck all of y'all. And she just continues to race by herself, trying to beat that time. And right at the moment that we think that lightning is about to strike and kill our Alex, Thankfully, it doesn't. <laughs> In the final scene of the film, Alex pulls herself back from the water, puts her boat away in the boathouse, and goes into the room where the rest of the team pretty much just look at her. And there are a mix of faces there. There are people who are upset, like Jamie, who look at her with just disgust. There are some other teammates that are looking at her as though she's a bit scary and they're a bit intimidated by her. The coaches are pretty much just staring at her in silence, but Alex just walks past all of them and heads straight to the chalkboard where her name is listed, right next to Jamie and Highsmith, the captain, and all the other people that were with her on the water. All those other names don't have any times next to them because they didn't finish the race, but Alex did, and we see that she walks up to the chalkboard and she picks up a chalk and she starts to write that time down, but the camera pans away, expertly concealing that time from not just the teammates around her, but also the audience, us, who are looking at this performance. And, but we do see that Alex smiles a little bit, perhaps letting us know secretly that she did beat the record, but instead she rubs off the time, as well as her name from the chalkboard entirely. She also takes off her team sweatshirt and she walks away, quitting the team altogether. Alex takes herself out of that little dingy area of where the team practices and she walks out into the parking lot and we see that her scars from her self-mutilating earlier in the film are just in plain sight. The veins from her hand from that wound that has been festering are now crawling up to her arm and her eyes dart around her before she breaks that fourth wall and looks at us, her audience. And that's the end of The Novice.
First and foremost, this film was fun to watch. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but I was really happy to watch it twice and back to back. Isabel Furman, who plays Alex, is phenomenal. I believed her stress and anxiety at every turn and the way she portrayed a person who is just so ambitious and pretty much obsessed with being her best self resonated very deeply with me and I really enjoyed her performance. Before this film, the last one I remember Isabel Furman playing was the film Orphan, that 2009 psychological horror where she plays an orphan who gets adopted into a family and pretty much terrorizes them. And she did really well in that film and she was like 12, so she's spectacular. We also, okay, I will say, I am very happy that we also did not see Alex die in this film. Yes, she did hit a breaking point. She hit a very, very low point, but it didn't lead her to her demise in any way. And her queer relationship with Danny was also not a big deal. If anything, Alex was openly flirting with Danny even before they went out for the first time. So her queerness, bisexuality, etc., it was effortless. And that really gave in to, I, I just really enjoyed the way that they approached this in this film. Now, there were a lot of things I noticed the second time around than the first. First off, I really need to commend this film on the visual and sound editing. The film is pretty dark, keeping those low muted colors throughout, a lot of grays, a lot of grayish blues and blacks. Alex herself wears dark colors, often seen in black or in darker reds, or maybe at times white when she's wearing a tank here and there for practice. In the beginning of the film, when we see Alex running down to that first novice rowing session, we see her go down these interesting stairs that reminded me of that famous optical illusion, the Penrose Stairs. For those that don't know, the, the Penrose Stairs, also known as the Impossible Staircase, was created back in the 30s by Oscar Rudersvard and then upgraded by the Penrose family, hence the name. It's known as this continuous staircase where the stairs are shaped into these 90 degree angles that pretty much ascend and descend continuously and they have no ending. So it is pretty much an impossible staircase to actually create. I'll link some information in the show notes for you to check it out. But I noticed this in my second rewatching of the film and I thought it perfectly, perfectly alluded to Alex's psyche and obsession with excellence in that she was never going to reach it. Like the Penrose stairs itself, there is no ending in sight and you only keep making the same movements in a loop. Like Alex finding these new time goals to beat in rowing that she may not be able to achieve or obsessing for her tests or trying to control every single aspect of her life that just lead to chaos at the end of it. The sound editing was so good in this film. I mean, from the repeated dialogue that echoes in Alex's mind to the classical music when Alex is hyper-focused to the distorted and warped sounds when Alex's health and psyche is waning. And I highly recommend you to watch this film with headphones in because the warping music creates just an experience for the audience. I mean, you hear the waves out in the ocean in the back of your head as though it's happening right behind you. It's just... 
is just an experience. It's masterful. Lauren Hathaway, the film's director, was also the sound editor for the film Whiplash, the 2014 drama psychological thriller that tells a story about another person who deals with perfectionism and the ambition to be the best despite the sacrifices that they may make. It's quite an amazing film. The novice does a great job in continuity as well. Even during the love scene between Alex and Danny, we also do get a visual of that huge bruise that sits on Alex's leg that she did cause earlier during a practice. The filmmakers didn't try to pretty up the love scene either. We saw how Danny saw Alex in a way, with her bruises, with the scars from perhaps earlier self-mutilating acts, and the scene was a bit messy, but also sultry and complicated, and we were pretty much engulfed by Alex in that moment as well, just like Danny. Some of my favorite scenes are also shot very beautifully. One of them is the moment when out in the water, Alex is climbing over the other players, making her way closer to the top of the boat behind Jamie. It's such a beautiful shot and a pretty symbolic one as Alex is doing somewhat of a crab walk up to Jamie. Now, there is a lot of symbolism with the crab, but I haven't found any interview with Lauren Hathaway where she mentions her reasoning for using it, but doing my own research, the crab usually symbolizes growth and achieving these personal goals, resilience, and overall journey to the person. There are scenes in the film when the crab is being placed in a pot of boiling water, symbolizing Alex's stress getting higher and higher, and she feels herself just getting pretty much dying inside in a way <laughs> and at times the crab is just sitting docilely beside her like in the bathtub when she's just hitting a really low point in her journey but again there are also times when the crab is in the boat with her and again it, it's like representing that resilience and that self-reliance in those challenges that she's faced in an interview with Jude Dry at IndieWire Lauren Hathaway admits that she channeled Darren Aronofsky and David Fincher for this film both directors are responsible for those dark psychological thrillers like Black Swan, again, another one that shows us an obsessive perfectionist, and The Social Network, and Gone Girl, where those films follow complicated but yet very realistic anti-hero protagonists, or antagonists, if you will. Now, for some of the things that I didn't like too much of the film, you all know how I feel about these weird romantic relationships on screen where there's that teacher-student, TA-student. To me, it's just a bit odd. And yes, I get it. Once you're over the age of 18, you are legally at the age of consent. And even though Alex has a somewhat good head on her shoulders and Danny, her TA, is hot and intriguing and laid back and cool and did not really withhold a power over her, I, I just thought that it was a bit odd because I've, we've seen films like Bloomington and Loving Annabelle that they just explored these teacher-student relationships. And yes, those were high school students, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. But still, there's just something about student-teacher that just makes me want to gag. Danny could have been another classmate and it probably would have been the same thing. It didn't really matter if she was a TA or not. And another thing, the rowing teammates were so annoying. The only one I really cared for was Aaron, who was the cock 
coxswain um, and the coaches were cool as well but god the captain had no personality and the rest of the teammates were just so one-dimensionally rude i mean who would want to be in that team in the first place maybe it's because i avoid all of these weird toxic group environments like that and i reckon that they were supposed to be bratty adults who wouldn't like new novice players like alex and jamie but they really came off as caricatures Overall, The Novice is wonderful. It's fun, it's intense, it leaves you at the edge of your seat. There really wasn't a scene where I was bored. I mean, I did roll my eyes here and there with the teammates, but other than that, it was a great film that really resonated with me as I also do often push myself very hard to be at this level, this standard that no one else holds for me except myself. I started seeing a therapist last summer and was diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder and I, I did see a lot of myself in Alex. Although this is Hollywood and of course dramatized extremely for the plot, but I can see this film getting a lot of accolades in the near future and I'm just glad that this is a film that I'm opening up the 2022 season of Movies I'll Queer With. It's great. To see The Novice, it is available to rent on all major streaming platforms. Don't forget to check out the trailer link at the show notes. And again, if you or yourself are in need of any guidance, other resources that may help you get through these really difficult times that we've experienced at least these last two years, visit mentalhealth.gov for some great references and resources and tips as a start. I thank you for listening to Movies a la Queer. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, follow on Instagram for the latest news and updates. Please also leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to Movies a la Queer. This would make Movies a la Queer podcast a lot easier to find. This is Sarita Ramirez. Stay safe, warm, healthy, and I'll see you next week with another episode. Bye. (music) 